Welcome to I Used to Be a Therapist. It just blesses my heart that you're here today with me. And as always, I have a really great treat for you. I get to share a conversation I had with the amazing Liz Siegel Gray. Liz is a Chicago-based licensed clinical social worker, and she also is a registered play therapist. She provides therapy to highly sensitive adults and teens who are experiencing anxiety or depression, life transitions, relationship issues, trauma, anything that they that they want to come to her for, she's there for them. Liz is also the proud founder of an organization called Organize and Thrive. This is where she supports therapists, helpers, and other healers around the world who are overwhelmed by internal and external stressors. She loves guiding clients and helping them through the process of organizing their physical, mental, and electronic spaces. Liz lives with her husband, Dave, and their adorable, I got to see some pictures, adorable mini golden doodle, Bailey. They live in Chicago. She's been nicknamed the organization queen for good reason. This is why I'm so excited for you to hear our conversation. We got to talk about vision and goals. As you know, this is one of my very favorite things to talk about. I really hope you had a chance to go listen to episode 38 with Susan Davis. We also had a chance to chat about vision and goal setting, but back to today. This conversation with Liz is seriously filled with great insights and practical things that you can do to help yourself move toward really the very best that you can be and not just settle for good enough. I just love all that she had to say. Liz is energetic and wise and just a great person. I can't wait for you to hear all that she has to share. Let's listen in. My name is Dr. Wendy Bruton, and I used to be a therapist. Welcome to my podcast. Leaving my career as a therapist, business owner, and counselor educator was a big risk. But now, as an author, coach, entrepreneur, and podcast host, I am fulfilling my passion to help people move forward toward an essentially better life. Each episode is filled with stories, information, and ideas that I know will be valuable to your life and to the lives you touch. So if you need a therapist or just someone who used to be a therapist, I know that this is a place that you will feel valued, valuable, and learn to move forward from what you used to be. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for being here today with me. I'm just really excited about our conversation that's coming up and I'm excited to get to know you and it's fun to, um, to have already got to chat a little bit. So yes, welcome. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so glad you're here. We are going to be talking about this week's theme, goal setting and vision, right? So we're going to get to talk about that. I'm really excited about that. But before we get to talk about that, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself, about where you live, your family, all the things like that. Yes. So I live in Chicago. I have been married to my husband for five years. We've moved about, I've lost track five or six times in the past five years. Oh my goodness. So it's been, yes, many moves, Um, but we are finally we are, we are coming to our final destination soon. I think <laughs> I can feel it. You feel it coming. Um, yes. 
Uh, we have a mini golden doodle, Bailey, who is my little baby. She's just the cutest thing. And yeah, I love to craft, bake, watch TV and Netflix, hang out with Bailey, of course, uh, color code my spreadsheets, and mm-hmm. really just lots of things. I, I'm much happier when I kind of have a big, well-rounded experience instead of just doing one thing. Yeah, that's the truth with many, many therapists, I think. Right? Like, yes, we like to have our hands in lots of things. Exactly. So, and I'm finally, I think I was the happiest in college when I had a really good balance. And I'm finally finding that I'm getting back to that really good place. Oh, good. So now you said you've been moving all around, but you didn't tell us where you are. Oh, I didn't, did I? I started with being married, didn't I? Um, I'm in Chicago now. So I was in the East Coast for about a year, but we are back in Chicago and this is home. This is home for you. Oh, so you started in Chicago, went to the East Coast and then came back to Chicago. Nice. Nice. Well, uh, I've been asking all of the guests this season because you're all therapists, I've been asking you all about why you became a counselor. And so I want to hear your story today about why you became a counselor and what kind of drew you to this profession. Absolutely. So I don't know if I ever had one big moment where I knew. I think it was having some really safe and trusted people in my life as I was a kid, being able to see them. And in particular, my high school guidance counselor was just such a supportive person Mm -hmm. for me throughout some pretty tough years in high school. Mm -hmm. And I think I just knew I wanted to help people. I didn't know exactly what that looked like. I didn't know that it would specifically be a social worker, but I knew that I wanted to help people. And actually it was, I wanted to work with kids. That was the direction that I went. And actually until about a year or two ago, I exclusively only worked with kids and families. And I was, I did community-based social work. I did early interventions in homes. I was a school social worker. I did private practice all with kids. And I've actually had some really big shifts in the past couple of years where I'm almost exclusively working with adults now. So that's been a really interesting journey for me. So maybe the why you became a therapist changed a little bit or the vision of what you had of, because we're going to talk about vision, right? The vision of what you had of what it would look like for you to be a counselor, for you to be a social worker, it changed or it moved or grew or something. I don't know. It did. And I fought it for a while. Really? Like I, I felt it brewing. I knew that I, you know, it was a couple of years into being a school social worker and it just, it didn't feel, there was something that just didn't feel right. And I had a couple of specific events happen, but also just kind of generally, I felt myself being more drawn to working with adults. I was scared. I mean, I never worked with adults, so I was terrified, but I also just, something felt like I, I was being pulled in that direction. And I really, I fought it because I felt like such a big part of my identity was being a school worker, being a registered play therapist, working with kids. And then what does that look like when I give that up and I'm not doing that anymore? It's like, who am I? Who, right. who am I somewhat as a person, but professionally? Yeah. So that's been a very interesting journey. Yeah. I mean, it does have this whole, I mean, it connects with our topic here. It, 
that our, mm-hmm. our vision of who we are professionally or personally, or our vision of what our life is going to look like, it, it changes and morphs and moves. And it's hard to let go of that sometimes, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it really is. So, so what does your practice look like now? What are your specialties? What do you specialize in? Yeah. So in terms of being a therapist, I am really drawn to working with young adults. I work with a lot of college students, people probably I'd say 20s to 40s generally, and uh, highly sensitive people are kind of mm-hmm. my my new niche that I've really been learning a lot about and as myself as an HSP and also helping my clients. So I started an HSP group recently, which has been just an amazing experience for me yeah. and for my clients. I also work with anxiety, depression, trauma, relationships, life transitions. So really just people who are in stress and need a supportive person to walk along the journey with them. Wow, That sounds really cool that you've kind of morphed into working with a completely different population. That's kind of neat. Yes. Well, let's get started and start talking about vision and goal setting and what those look like in our lives and why they're important. So before we talk about all of that, I would love for you to tell us how you define vision and then we'll talk about goals. Yes. Would it be okay if I shared a little story? Absolutely. I'd love that. Okay, so I want to share my process of actually coming up with this concept. Okay. Because I think it, it might illustrate it a little bit better than me just saying, here's a dictionary definition of what vision and what goals are. So I recently did a goal setting webinar with a colleague, and I had this idea of creating one of those interactive quizzes that you can take. So it's what kind of blink are you? Right. And So I wanted it to help people determine what type of goal setter. Are they a visionary? Are they pretty concrete in their short-term goals? Like, what does it look like? So I had this idea of, I want the results to be, you're either kind of a big picture vision person, or you're a smaller picture detail-oriented goal-setting person. So I kind of saw them as two ends of the spectrum. And I had no trouble coming up with the questions, coming up with the pictures to put in there, the responses, but I, for the life of me, could not think of the title, which is really funny to look back on, um, but I couldn't think of the title or the actual archetypes, like the names of what you are, if you're one of the three categories. Right. And so what was really interesting is I was figuring all of this out in real time. So I was so aware that in the moment I could not, like my vision, I kind of had it, but I was really stuck. So it was just, it was kind of funny to to have this. And what I realized is like, I have this idea, but I can't put a name on it. I can't put a label. For some reason, my brain was just completely stuck. And so I did what I actually recommend at the end of the quiz. Once you find out what your archetype is, which is either a detail-oriented hawk which is goal setter. Yes. It's a big picture owl, which is the visionary or a chameleon who's kind of in between. And so me, I realized, well, I knew that I was the hawk. I'm so, I mean, I could zoom in and, and just spend hours on 
the smallest details. <laughs> and what I realized is, okay, in this moment, like I need to do what I would help other people do. I need to take a break. I need to do something else. I need to talk to someone who is the opposite of me, see if they can spark ideas. And sure enough, they did. And so now I have it as, what is your goal setting archetype? And are you an owl, a hawk or a chameleon? Oh, I love that story that you had to really take your own advice, like or, or do for yourself what you would have, what you would do with other people. Exactly. It was really, it was just really interesting to think about it that way. And so to go back to your question, so a vision is essentially, I see it as something that is, it's an idea that's in 3D. There's no boundaries. There's no limits. You're up, you're an owl in the tree. You are able to kind of see everything around you, right? There's not the trees in the way. There's nothing that's really like the sky is the limit. Yeah. And when I think of goals, those are a, maybe a little bit more centered and specific way to get to your vision. But we need to have both of them in order to move forward. Otherwise, you're just going to be stuck. I love that definition. I, that's wonderful. I mean, I think it's very clear and people can understand that, especially after your story of the owl and the and the hawk, because, oh, my goodness, I can tell that I'm mostly an owl, by the way, like just mm -hmm. I'm mostly visionary, big picture. My husband is like the hawk of all times. He he's amazing at that. And he can, you know, hone in on one thing and one detail and he sees the details and I don't see them. I'm like, Oh, it'd be fun to do all these things. And he is the one who sees the details. So we need each other, right? Exactly. And my husband is much more, so I'm a hawk. He's much more of an owl. It was funny. I read him the questions of the quiz and one of the questions is, do you value perfection or urgency? And before I could even finish the question, he was like, urgency. <laughs> so clearly, I mean, he, and for me, my answer is perfection. So it was just funny to see the difference and how we, how our brains work. Yeah. But I think that it's so good to have both. Yes. Like if you had both, if you had two people that were both visionaries, they would never get to the details. And if you had two people that were really into the details, you could never see where you're really headed. Well, absolutely. And that's what I've been doing so much thinking about recently is that I know I tend to work best with people who are owls or mm -hmm. chameleons, mm -hmm. I should say. But I, I like when someone can bring me out and help me think past mm -hmm. the, the road that's right in front of me. Right. Because I can get stuck. I can definitely get stuck. And I think it can be nice for me as a hawk to help people who are visionaries that, that can sometimes be floating up, you know, literally as an owl, you know, you're yes. kind of floating around. I can help bring them back into real life and help them say, okay, I think we can, we can accomplish these goals, but let's actually break it down and make it manageable. Otherwise it's going to be so overwhelming that you're, you're probably not going to get to the next step. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. That's, that is so true. And we need each other. We need to find yes. people who do balance us like that. Um, so have you heard, I mean, I mean, I wanted to ask about what vision is not right. And maybe people have the wrong perception of what vision is or, or what goals are. 
do you find that out there at all? Yeah. So if I think about it this way of what vision is not, vision is not limited. Vision is not necessarily dependent on action. So you can have a vision without ever doing anything, mm-hmm. right? It can all it can all be in your brain. And vision isn't short term necessarily. Mm-hmm. So I think when I when I think about it, it doesn't have to be constricting. Mm-hmm. And you get to choose if you do something with it or not. I don't think that there's necessarily just because you have a vision doesn't necessarily mean that you have to act on it. Yeah. I wonder, you know, if if people do have this vision for their life, I mean, of what it's going to look like, maybe they create, they have this vision, but it isn't even what they want. Right. So I know my life is going to look like this. And then to try to change that vision for where they're headed, that's really hard to do. And it's hard to create something new. And I guess I really like your definition or your you know comments on that, because if it is limitless, then you could create what you want in your head and then act on the pieces that you think are worth acting on. Exactly. And I think what what's hard sometimes and where my clients get stuck is not everyone has had the opportunity or even a person in their life to help them see the bigger vision, mm-hmm. see what what's out there more than just what they've been exposed to. Sure. What's possible. So I think there's that. Yeah. I mean, what's possible out there. Sometimes people don't even know what's possible. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that sometimes when you add in trauma, when you add in just difficult experiences, mm-hmm. fear, mm-hmm. any of those things, Sometimes what I see is, and I went through this too, I see the struggle of, do I want this? Can I have it? Is it okay to say that? Is it what I want or is it what other people want of me? So it's it's sometimes just not really knowing what it is or even what it feels like to be happy with what you have or what you want to have. Mm-hmm. So I think that sometimes these, limit, these limitless possibilities can be in a way, like a dream, like a daydream or a fantasy for people in a positive way. And for other people, it can actually feel really overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I think we have to really be careful of that as well. And for people to check in with themselves of maybe what's behind the vision, what's behind these ideas. Yeah. And do you think it's hard? I mean, I guess what I'm wondering is, do people create clear vision? I think I'm trying to say that I think sometimes people have a really hard time figuring out what their vision for their life is, and they don't have a clear vision. They don't have a clear picture of where they're headed or what they're, what they want. They don't know, again, the possibility is right. And so they just kind of go through life with the same actions and the, the same things that they've always done. And they don't take time to really look at that. I mean, do you think that creating vision is an intentional thing or do you think everybody has a vision for their life? I mean, what do you think about that? That's such a good question. And I don't even know if I can give one answer because I think it's so dependent on the person and their experiences, personality, their supports. Yeah. 
I guess if I had to give an answer, I'd say we all have the ability to create vision. I think it's going to look very different for everyone. Sure. For some people, it it's going to need to be very concrete, mm-hmm. like that they just don't have the ability to create a picture in their head or to think about what their life could look like. So it may be looking in a magazine and cutting out pictures that they really like and creating a collage, mm-hmm. or it could be just writing down different experiences or looking at a list, right? And highlighting the things that that sound good to them. Mm-hmm. So for some people, they need a little bit more guidance. And for others, it's this is their safe place. This actually l- allows them to escape from, from their reality a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, going back to your, I, I, I just don't know if I have <laughs> one clear mm-hmm. answer. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, so we're kind of getting into this about why do you think it is important for our mental health, it seems like you think it is important for our mental health to create vision and then, you know, setting goals to reach that or to get to that vision, right. To, Mm -hmm. to have our lives turn out like we are envisioning. Why do you think it's important for our mental health to, to cultivate that in our life? So if we don't have a vision or if we don't have a direction Mm -hmm. that we want to go, then we may be stuck. Mm -hmm. I guess one piece that I I like to do with clients and I think is important is not just thinking about the vision of what is it going to look like, but what are you going to feel like? Mm -hmm. What are the sounds? What's it going to be like in your body? Who is going to be there with you? Mm -hmm. It's really encompassing all of the senses. What are times in the past that you had positive experiences? that you would like to maybe not replicate exactly, but to have similar experiences. Mm -hmm. Can we draw on those past things? So can we, how can we bring in the past, present and future and link all of them together? So it doesn't have to be so fragmented. Mm -hmm. I like that. And when people don't cultivate a vision for their life, what happens to their mental health? I mean, what have you seen? that happens to people's mental health. Now that I think about it, and I don't know if it's the, the chicken or the egg, right. but when I see, when I work with people who have pretty severe depression, it can be really, really hard to think in the future. It can be really hard to think about their dreams and what they want because it every day is a struggle. Mm-hmm. So and I'm not saying that one thing causes the other or not, but that's just a. Sure. There's a correlation between them for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I, I think that, you know, and, and our, our health, our mental health, everything is so interconnected. Mm-hmm. And so if we are, I'm just thinking of how we may break it down into physical health, financial health, our emotional health, our mental well-being, all of those different things, our relationships with people. Mm-hmm. And so not that you necessarily have to have all separate visions for all of those things, but think about if you have no dream of where you want to go in the future, it can be really easy to just maintain that status quo yes. and continue living, you know, just kind of being okay, like going about your day or being not okay. Well, 
you know, you, you've given us some ideas about some, I already heard you say some ideas about some real tangible things people can do to, to help create a vision in their life, like create vision for where they want to go in their life. But are there other tangible things that you'd like to share with us that you use for yourself and with your clients? Absolutely. So I know I mentioned the vision board and I feel like that's a word that's overused sometimes. Like, yeah, but oh, talk about board, it. That. <laughs> um, but I actually, I think there's something to it, the tangible piece yeah. of being able to see pictures, to touch the pictures, to put, to move them around. And I also recently heard that you can make a vision board in Canva which is a wow. online program. Yes. So I have not done it yet, full disclosure, but I really want to. So if anyone does that, I would love, please reach out to me and let me know how it goes, because I think that could be a really cool way as well to just start putting your your vision, like the pictures that are in your head actually into the world and to make it a little bit more tangible. Oh, I like that. So why would you do a vision board? And and Talk about a little bit about what it is or how you use it. Absolutely. So it's, you know, I'm not an artist. And so there are some people who probably would be able to just draw a picture of what they want their life to be like or some of their their visions for the future. I think that there's something to looking through books or magazines or old pictures and being able to, I see it as kind of a collage Mm -hmm. of maybe just, maybe it's colors that stand out to you, right? Like maybe you have this vision of having a really bright house and having all these different colors, or maybe you have this vision of doing something of, of going to this type of school or having this type of family or living in this type of community. Um, And so being able to look and kind of see what what your eyes are drawn to and start to see patterns and things that maybe are like, oh, interesting. I tend to gravitate towards this type of thing or that. Mm -hmm. And to actually put it somewhere where you can consistently look at rather than it just being like, oh, I did this little project thing. I thought of something and then I never thought about it again. It's something that you can actually put, like hang up, put somewhere. If you want to frame it, if you want to, I've had clients who um, take a picture of their vision board and put it as the background of their computer or on their phone, right? There's so many different things that we can do with it. Mm -hmm. And it could be words or phrases. It could be affirmations. I don't think it just has to be like, oh, let me go and do it one way because it, it's really dependent on you and your level of creativity and, and what you need and what you need. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, as you're talking about creating a vision board, I was thinking about creating vision in our life. How do you see that connected to your purpose in life? I'm almost imagining that we kind of have this piece of string that's kind of hanging off of us that flows and it's really like it's thin and it's wavy and over time it might change color or texture depending on where you are I guess physically in the world but also what space you're in mentally what job you're in who your relationships are with at that time right because our relationships change over time 
So I kind of see it as they're like touching at some points, some points further away, but like everything is just interconnected. And I think that we also connect not only to our own visions and goals and ideas, but I think other people's too. And at times we may align really well with other things. And at times it might feel like we're on an island by ourselves, but knowing that there's always that piece that can connect. That's, that's interesting. I like that. I like the way you put that. And I think that, you know, when I think about vision, I think about this like bigger picture, right? Like it's a bigger picture of what I want, like the owl, right? Of, Of what I want my life to be like. And I think for me, I think my purpose in life has, is connected to that in such a deep way of, you know, who I am and who I want to be in the world. And then what does that mean for how I envision my life to go? Right. And we talk about that, about vision and then moving into goals it's like, okay, so I want to be this and I have this reason for being here in the world and this is where I see, but now I need to do some actions. And so let's talk about goals a little bit and and maybe goals are are maybe smaller pieces of that, right? Of that vision. I don't know. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. I agree. I think that's exactly what it is. And it's basically steps that you can take to make the vision possible in a way that is not completely overwhelming and chaotic, but in a way that actually can give you space and time to take little tiny steps to get you to where you want to be. Let's talk about some tangible ways to start setting goals. Absolutely. So I would say that probably the creating and setting goals is a little bit more in my comfort level, probably because I'm a hawk. Yes, you are. So let's hear about those. <laughs> yes. I think a piece of it. So I created this goal setting sheet that has elements of smart goals, which I think as a lot of therapists, we know that that they need to be specific and measurable and achievable and all that. I won't even finish it because you probably know that by heart. But I created a fillable document. So I'd be happy to to share this with anyone who would like a copy of it. And essentially it takes elements of that, but it really walks you through kind of like handholds you through creating a goal that feels a little like you're a little bit more well-held. So it offers you a place to do a brain dump and just really like anything that you just want to get out of your brain, put it down. Don't worry about if it's not if it seems really overwhelming or if it's the words don't make sense or if it's like a hundred different ideas, I don't care. Get that out of your brain and then think about what are potential barriers for you that are getting in the way of meeting this goal. And then once you've done that, then it's creating this goal and it doesn't have to be a smart goal. It could be something as simple as and it's something that I've been hearing from many therapists recently is I want to get caught up on my notes. Oh, yes. Yes. I think a lot of people can relate to that. And so with that, then coming up with two or three objectives, I'll still use that language. And then for each objective, one or two action steps. So like a specific thing 
of what you can actually do. And then I think the piece that maybe has been missing from other types of goal setting that I've seen is what supports do you need? So who are the people that you need in your life to help support you? So if you're a hawk, who are those owls? Yes. What are actual things that you might need? So like, does that mean having a timer accessible to write your notes? Or does that mean having something for yourself, like candy or tea or something that you can reward yourself with, or even a sticker, um, which still work, I think, even for adults. I think it would. So, yes. So, So thinking of what else do you need? And then really giving yourself compassion and time and understanding if you don't get those goals met, but also breaking, it's really breaking it down and making it really, really manageable and digestible. That sounds amazing. I'm going to check that out and I will put the link in the show notes so that people can get that because I know everybody's going to want to have that freebie for sure. Great. I'm happy to share. Good. Is there anything else that you would like to share today about vision or goals? Because gosh, that was a lot of information and there was just a lot of helpful things that you said that made sense to my brain. I'm so glad to hear that. (laughs) I have another idea for really figuring out your vision and yeah, this would be more vision is, okay, I'll fully admit I'm not a nature person. So this would not be ideal for me, but for people who do love nature, I, I envy you. I wish that I was like that. For me, my happy place is like going into a Michael's or a Joanne store or Target and looking through all of the like office and all the stuff that's I and I realize for some people they're like that would be my worst nightmare so whatever is your happy place yes whatever brings you joy allow yourself to go there with no expectations maybe you don't even need to bring your credit card if you're going into a store (laughs) otherwise it could be dangerous but allow yourself to you know if you're outside to touch the leaves to touch the trees take time to take some pictures smell the air to just be in that moment if it's store for example allow yourself to browse the aisles to touch the things that are on the shelves and see what are the things that stand out to you and that are really calling to you can you tell that I'm a sanctuary therapist I'm uh-huh. really into <laughs> I love what, that what stands out to you so that might be something, and maybe it means, and I realize a lot of us are not leaving our homes right now in the world that we're in. So maybe that means going through your house or your apartment or wherever you're living and just looking at it with a different view, going through your things with intention, not in a way to necessarily do anything like, okay, I'm going to throw this much stuff out, or I'm going to organize more of taking inventory of what you have and see if any of the stuff you have sparked something in you because there's a reason you got it in the first place right Mm -hmm. so maybe if it's on the bottom of a shelf and all dusty maybe there's something that needs to come out and go at a new in a new place in your home that is a really fun and that's very very intentional right and what does that do for us for goal setting or for creating vision in our life I think it activates something within us yeah. Right. When we're able to feel something with our whole body, with all of our senses, when we're able to really be in something and be just 
almost I'm thinking of it like all the everything is like hugging you yes. from the outside, from the outside in that it is such a different experience. Mm-hmm. I think about an IMAX theater, how yes. that is something where, which I, it's probably been a while since a lot of us have gone to the movie theater, but thinking about, I know when I used to go to an IMAX theater, it's such a different experience, you know, sitting at home and watching a movie on TV as opposed to versus... going to that. Yes, absolutely. Exactly. It, it activates so much more in our brain. Yep. And I think yep. as you're talking about that too, it, it, it has to, when you're doing all of those things, like being outside in nature and touching and, and smelling and, and fe- feeling, you know, and hearing all of the, you know, all of our senses are being activated and, it has to cultivate creativity in us. Yes. And that is what I think has to be cultivated in order for us to create a vision for where we're headed in our life. Exactly. We're allowing ourselves to get into our right brain. I think our society really focuses on and encourages this left brain thinking, Mm -hmm. which I don't mean any negativity towards that, but I tend to be much more of a right brain, creative thinker, thinking outside the box, doing rather than just hearing something. So I think it really depends on the individual person Mm -hmm. and their learning style and their experiences and all of that. But yes, when we're able to really get into something, it also can bring us back past experiences, Mm. right? Like you think about smelling chocolate chip cookies that are baking and being brought back to grandma baking cookies, you know, when you were a little kid, as an example. So that could be something too, that it might bring you back times when you did feel supported or more grounded or were in a different place in your life. And that it may all kind of work together mm-hmm. to help you get to where you want to be moving forward. Yeah, I like that. Well, thank you so much for, for being with us today and sharing all of this with us. I can't wait to actually listen to it again, because I think I'm going to get some more out of that just by listening again. That was fascinating. Before we go, and before I, before I actually ask you the last three questions that I ask everybody in my podcast, I'm going to have you tell us how we can get a hold of you. Absolutely. So probably the best way is on my website. So it is www.organize-and-thrive.com. And I also have a Facebook group that is for therapists who are pre-licensed or licensed and want to have support getting organized with their physical space, but also feeling settled emotionally and kind of working through some of those barriers to feel really good in your business. and hopefully in your personal life as well. So you can go on Facebook and it should be facebook.com slash groups slash organize and thrive one. That's great. I will put the links to those in the show notes. I know that you will have many, many therapists who will want to join that group because I would have wanted to for sure when I, when I used to be a therapist, I love that that is out there. It's so needed. So, so, so needed for folks who um, are in that profession. So thanks for offering that support to a bunch of really great people. Of course, it 
yeah, is there anything else that that you're doing that you want to share right now with us? They can get on my mailing list and then be updated. Perfect. Perfect. When you go to her website, be sure and get on the mailing list so you can be updated for everything that she's doing. Um, Okay, so here are my last three questions that I ask everybody. The first question is, tell us about an event that changed you. I have many that I could share, but I will choose one. I would say that a couple years ago when I was a school social worker in a private therapeutic day school, I was attacked by a student and got a concussion my first week of the job. And that part was very traumatic and painful, obviously. But not only that piece of feeling physically unsafe at work, but not feeling emotionally safe either, where I went to urgent care immediately after. And when I came back, rather than being asked, oh my gosh, how are you? Are you okay? It was, here's a incident report. I needed to fill this out as soon as possible. Yeah. So that really, really, I think was not the beginning of my journey away from schools, but that was a piece of it. Yeah, that's, that is a professional trauma right there. Yes. Absolutely. And it activated a lot of things for my past as well. So it was very hard. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is quite an event. Okay. The second question is a person who changed you. I would say that it was Mrs. Kuzieski, who was my high school guidance counselor that I mentioned earlier. I love that. I hope, I hope she's listening. I do too. I'll have to look her up. I know she retired a couple of years back, but she, especially my senior year of high school, she was just the most supportive and warm and gentle person. And I just, I really needed, I needed someone and she was that person. Oh, I love that. Okay. And the last question is a book that changed you. So my answer may be a little unconventional, but I love the Post Secret books by Frank Warren. If you're familiar with those. I'm not. Okay. So you can just go online and type in Post Secret. It's this guy, Frank, that he started this out of his house years ago. And I I hope that I'm getting the story right. But he had people just mail postcards to him with secrets on it and people from all over the world. And he got so many that he eventually turned them into books. And they're kind of themed books. So one is maybe on religion. One is on relationships. I, I don't remember the exact ones, but it is. And it actually, I think, fits in really well with vision and and goal. Well, specifically vision, because at one point, and this was years ago, I actually bought one of his books. It pained me to actually cut out pictures because I, it was really hard to actually do that. But I chose some of my favorite secrets that people had written or drawn, and I cut them out. And I actually created three different canvases of of these pictures and quotes and secrets. And then I, you know, mod podge them and I hung them up and it was just this beautiful representation of things that I really connected to. Oh, I love that. I have got to, I've got to look that up. I'm going to, yes, and, and when I find cool. it, I will post the link to, to that. So, Sounds well, great. thank you so much for joining me today and having a conversation with me. That was, that was fun. 
it was a fun conversation. So it was. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I'm looking forward to connect with you some more and and just to see see all the things that you're doing. I know that you have a lot going on and and I'm gonna check out that Facebook page too. Sounds great. Thank you. I'm so glad you joined us. Make sure to subscribe so you can get all the episodes. And you can help support our podcast by clicking the support button in the show notes or going to our website, essentiallybetterlife.com. Follow me on social at Essentially Better Life and check out my website for all kinds of information on business and personal coaching, my book, and even some great stuff on essential oils. Thanks for listening. Blessings and be well, my friends.